0: This is The Bottom Line, a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. On the show, you'll hear from leading Australian business owners as they share the lessons they've learned building their companies. You'll learn from their successes as well as some of the challenges they've faced along the way. We also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialised techniques you can use to improve your business. I'm your host, Savan Chuna, and I'm a director at Alexander Spencer, and I'm really passionate about helping Australian businesses succeed. Today, we're speaking to Chris Angrakian, Managing Director at Managed Services Australia, one of Australia's fastest growing managed IT service providers. What is awesome about Managed Services Australia is that they work around the clock proactively monitoring business networks and infrastructure to ensure they're always secure. In today's episode, you'll hear about cybersecurity and crime. You'll learn about the common threats that face businesses today, the risks working from home has on cybercrime exposure, and what to do if you're impacted by cybercrime. Let's jump in. Hi, Chris. Hey, how are you going, Sev? Good, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having us. So before we start, I'd love to get a bit of an understanding of your professional background. So do you want to give us a little bit about yourself and Managed Services Australia? Sure.
1: I've been in IT for many, many years and threw into consulting and into sort of corporate enterprise. Eventually landed a gig looking after skilled group. We had about 4,000 staff. 200 branches across Australia, UK, UAE, Malta, US. And I ran the help desk and all the engineers and service delivery across that business. It was great. We were working in the mining sector and offshore oil and gas, big labor high companies. And then I started this company.
0: Yeah, so do you want to tell me a little bit about Managed Services and what you do within Managed Services Australia?
1: Yeah, so Managed Services Australia was coined from, I think, a, a lack of tech that we had in the sort of small to medium business space. We had big budgets in corporate enterprise and a lot of money to buy cool technology. And I was finding that that tech wasn't getting pushed into the smaller businesses. And yeah, it was a bit of a shame because they really needed it. They just didn't have the budget for it. So try to find technology that could work across both could still deliver the same solution but at a smaller cost so yeah so that's where you know we we've come from and we've been around for now five years
0: Chris I wanted to talk about cybersecurity today you mentioned that before that it's a service that you provide the government estimates cyber security incidents costs Australian businesses $29 billion per annum. But before we dive deep, what, what does that cover? What is cyber crime and cyber
1: security? Okay, cyber security is the prevention of, I guess, theft of data, damage of computer systems and protection of, of personal identifying information using specific tools, hardware and software and AI.
0: So can you please just describe some of the common threats that businesses face in cybercrime
1: i think number one is ransomware and trojans and viruses etc infecting your desktop computers and that also sort of spreads into servers and i guess cloud based systems and then you've got things like social engineering identity theft and uh, the protection of personal identifiable information you've got email scams phishing scams a lot of fraud And
0: of all those ones, which one do you see is the one that's used the most?
1: I think over the last few years ransomware has been running rampant across the globe and we still see that quite heavily every single day. Ransomware is where a virus will infect the computer and encrypt all the data that's on that computer or server and then they'll ask for ransom whether it be Bitcoin or you you have to pay to get that data back. Wow. A lot of ransoms have been paid but they don't always give you your data back.
0: And is paying the right thing to do or it just sounds so weird to have to pay to get your data back and then…
1: …it's a big risk and like they say in the movies, you know, we don't negotiate with terrorists. So <laughs> you're better off having a better plan. So things like awareness and education, things like disaster recovery and backup, having the right antivirus in place you know, having, you know, the latest, you know, threat prevention and just doing the right things, I think.
0: You've mentioned social engineering. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that is?
1: Yeah, okay. So social engineering is where someone will try to impersonate you. Could be financial sector, somebody calling from a call centre and asking you for your, you know, personal information, your first name, last name, date of birth, your address. And that's all they really need to hack into your life, really. And it happens every single day.
0: Do they – when they take that data, is it mainly just credit card fraud? Do they take – access your bank account? Like what do they do once they've
1: gotten that well, information? they can really do anything. That's all most people need to ID you, whether it's, you know, your superannuation fund or your bank account or any online services platform. So really the sky's a limit. So it's really important that you sort of – you don't take unsolicited calls and not hand out that information as best as possible. So there's a lot of ways that you can prevent these things from happening.
0: And we will go through that later on, which I'm really looking forward to. I've actually seen a lot of these phishing emails in the past. I've had clients ring us every now and then and saying oh i got an email from the ato or I got an email from this person does this mm. look right yep. so phishing is a, is one that i've actually seen in my business and within my clients yeah again can you give us a bit more of an idea what that entails what does okay,
1: that mean? So most of the threats that are coming in to any business at the moment or even a personal is via email so that's files that have been infected links to so phishing emails links to sort of banks they basically impersonate the login page and they steal your information so your username and password it's important to have some sort of security in place before those emails reach your inbox so hosted email security is is really what you need to prevent that stuff from coming through and there's a number of obviously platforms out there that we use one that we sort of recommend but get into that later yeah i think really just knowing that there is something out there that is going to prevent that from happening and it's going to save you a lot of money in, in the long run
0: Well, let's dive deep into the technology that businesses should have in place to protect themselves. And obviously, some of the smaller companies may not have the services that you provide. So what can businesses do to protect themselves and what technology should they have in place?
1: The biggest thing is awareness. So understanding what a phishing email is. Understanding what ransomware is, knowing what those things sort of look like and how to identify these emails, you know, have a look at the sender. Are they coming from a legitimate source have a look at the links that you're clicking on in those emails are they going to that domain you know if it's an ATO email is it going to ato.com.au or ato.gov or is it going to some other you know Russian website you know, <laughs> somewhere in there yeah. <laughs> um, so you know just being aware of those things and there's a lot of resources online to help you identify those things so if it's yourself or your staff just circulating some documentation around sort of what to look for and we do that with clients as well and that so. education
0: piece sounds like a very first up start that is point. the
1: first yeah the first prevention and then obviously the technologies. is you know having a healthy security framework so we follow a three-layer framework where We look at cloud email security because most of the threats are coming through email. So those emails spam and get quarantined Any viruses come through, they get quarantined straight away and we review the emails that come in and if we think that they're safe, we'll release them for our clients. So it's a sort of a two-step process where they see it, they get a report and then we release it if we think it's safe. Then you've got your network security, so to prevent hackers from – Hacking into your servers locally on 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 site, your phone system and things like that, or any NAS drives and storage that you have, computers on site. So, yeah, it's important to have a good firewall, not just a you know dodgy modem from a local retailer, but actual a firewall that has you know good solid security on it. And then the third layer is obviously having healthy antivirus on your desktops. Now it's sort of morphed into some awesome artificial intelligence, cyber threat detection and there's really cool products out there where at the moment when a computer is detected, even if it's a false positive or we find a file on a computer that might be harmful, it will disconnect that device from the network. It will notify us that that's been disconnected. It will still allow us to log in and remote into the computer and neutralise that threat and then once we feel that it's safe again we can actually notify the user to continue working we can also roll back any scripts or changes that have been implemented so if it's ransomware if it goes and encrypts all your files we can actually just roll every single step back to what it was within minutes whereas you couldn't do that you know 12 months ago that technology wasn't around so it's really awesome stuff now so and pretty, is this something
0: geeky. Is this something
1: it, it is it is geeky but it's yeah. really
0: important to business. So yeah. the products that are available, are they only available to sort of professionals like yourself? Or is this some of these things that small business owners can just go and get themselves or do what sort of look your I think with the, with
1: the right guidance and knowledge, yeah, they can, but it's obviously having a comprehensive strategy is really going to help so picking a managed service provider that's going to be able to do that for you and not all managed services providers are doing it it's you know the ones that have got their finger on the pulse and sort of are looking at the technology landscape out there constantly seeing what's what's the best tech and using the best tech they're the ones that you want to partner with so you can get it right and the costs aren't much and it's everything is readily available i guess Um, so Most people would think that, you know, this stuff would cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but it's not.
0: And as an example, what would you say? So just an average business, they might have five employees, five computers and whatnot. What would it cost to sort of service someone like that?
1: You're looking at about $1,000 a month. Okay. Yeah. So that's unlimited support, unlimited remote and on-site support, all your security covered and, and basically everything that goes with it. So that's sort of what's out there at the moment in terms of sort of pricing. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: I want to talk about people. You talked about training that's available and that you provide and there's some readings. Yep. Is there specifically a a website or a process that you would recommend?
1: Look, yeah, there's, there's a number of forums online. We always sort of follow the stuff that gets sent to us from our vendors. So if you look at, you know, the things that sort of Microsoft are sending through, the guys at MailGuard, they've always got stuff going on. Fortinet, they're our sort of firewall provider. They're sending us some awesome stuff. The technology for cyber threat prevention, it's called Sentinel One. There's a lot of videos out there, so you can have a look at that. So, yeah, there's there's, there's plenty of material online.
0: Employees are now working more and more from home. Are there any additional risks... In the home office setup that exposes businesses more than in the office?
1: Yeah, I think there is. Obviously, that you can control a lot more, obviously, in that sort of corporate environment because we're purchasing the equipment we're making sure that it's all up to date you know it's within the sort of the technology roadmap and strategy that we have people working from home they've just got you know basic telstra modems there's no security on them sometimes they've still got the default password anyone can log into them and then obviously if they're using their own personal computer it's not the level of security that they would want to have in a business device you know that's connected to your your company domain so it's important to try and control a lot of that For our clients, you know, the ones that are working from home, we'll supply them with a router. You know, we'll secure it, we'll manage it for them, and we monitor it as well, so we know what's happening.
0: So let me get this right. So if you're working from home, everyone has internet at home. You're working from home. We VPN in to our network, but I'm using my internet with the modem that has provided me. Can hackers actually use the internet connection to get in? Is that the thing? That's where they start. Yeah. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. And if you haven't got the right security on your device or, you know, if you're any in with, you know, basic passwords or whatever, people can watch you and pick up trends and eventually they'll get in. If you follow all of the steps, you're preventing a lot of the intrusions from happening, but it's not to say that it's never going to happen. Because I guess, you know, so hackers are getting more sophisticated every day and every day we see another breach, you know, another big company going down or, you know, another system getting getting hacked or another big exposure somewhere. So, you know, it doesn't matter. Te- technologies are always evolving.
0: Can you share an example of a business that was negatively impacted? You don't have to obviously say names, <laughs> but I'd love to hear some of the stories that shows how important this is.
1: Yeah, look, I had a client just recently, they were trading with a supplier of theirs, sent an email invoice to obviously a customer which got intercepted. They changed the bank details on that invoice and sent it to the supplier for payment and they lost, I think it was, you know, $10,000. And that was due to lack of security on their email account?
0: I've seen that quite a bit. That's quite a common one. Yeah, And we try to educate our clients around that because it does involve sort of that accounting side of things when yep. they're paying an invoice and actually having systems other than just the email technologies to protect yourself but actually, you know, having two-signature authentication. Mm. If you're updating a bank account for a supplier, actually physically ringing them. Think, as opposed to just going off a, an email?
1: I think the compliance requirements now for both parties is if there is going to be a bank change, then it's up to both sides to ensure that they confirm by phone and also via email that that's been done legitimately. Look, I guess if it had to go to legal then I'm sure both parties would be liable potentially. But it's yeah, it's, it's important to make sure that they, they do that those checks and balances before you do transfer money especially. You made a good point about two-level sort of authentication and two-factor authentication. What would have prevented that from happening was if they had two-factor authentication enabled on their email. And that way, you know, if someone did get their password, they wouldn't be able to access it unless they had their device. So any provider now whether it's sort of cloud or, or not, should be able to offer you two-factor authentication. So having that code and, and having that second level of security is, is paramount. Um, I'll give you a, another example. Yeah, glad nice um, to hear it. Quite a quite a large organisation actually. that referred to us from um, sort of mutual contact, $40 million in revenue, doing a lot of government work, and they got hacked. Their server got hacked, ransomware, encrypted all their files. They didn't have a backup in place the company that was managing them and wasn't monitoring their backups and basically just wiped their hands of it for 13 weeks they were down they lost quite a lot of money they couldn't recover their data and took quite a long time to get a lot of it back we tried to reverse what had been done but 12 weeks downtime for any business you're basically shutting the doors they were luckily able to sort of recover from it but even after the initial detection and response, the provider that was with them still had left fragments of that infection on their server.
0: Wow, that's unbelievable.
1: So we came in post obviously and did an audit and identified that it was still on there. Jeez. And so, you know, you might think that your provider's doing the right thing by you but unless you get other eyes on there, you're not really going to know. So it's healthy and I can I can tell you straight up that, it's worth getting a second opinion, even mid contract. Yeah, just get someone in and do a review. You know, yeah. are they doing the right thing? Is there ways that we can be doing it better? Just to keep them sort of honest, you know, because you can't really afford it. I wouldn't trust my you know forty million dollar business with a provider, especially if I've just been breached, because obviously you're paying them and you're trusting them to do the right thing. And you know, if your business has been affected to that degree, then yeah, it's definitely worth getting someone else to help.
0: If a business is affected from a threat, and uh, you gave an example just there, mm-hmm. what is the first thing they should do? You said they mentioned the word response. What is that?
1: Stop. Disconnect the device from the network. Our systems do that automatically now. So we're sort of a little bit ahead of that. Turn it off. Contact your supplier. Contact your, your IT company. Let them know straight away. Notify everybody in the business. If you've got any passwords, change them straight away Just try and think like the guys that are trying to breach your system and then that way you can keep a couple of steps ahead. But most providers will handhold you through the whole process, make sure that you've got relevant backup and recover the systems as quick as possible so there's no business downtime. That's the main goal for us is to sort of get you back online as quick as possible.
0: You mentioned passwords. I'm guessing that's a very important part of, (laughs) of security and protection. What are your tips around passwords?
1: Use LastPass or a password management. program make sure they're complex don't use the same password for every single login
0: oh no Um, no, i'm I'm stuffed already so
1: (laughs) so the minimum for us is 12 12 characters special characters um numbers and letters that's the mix last pass will let you generate a new password for every single login it saves it in chrome and you can use it across all your devices and it's probably the best thing that's happened to me personally i think because yeah it's just uh and his last keeps track of everything
0: with LastPass, I've never actually heard of it. So is that a yep. sort of an online program? It's, it's
1: just an app that, that plugs into to Google Chrome and also on your phone, so you can get it on your Apple device and your Android device, and and it basically saves all your passwords. And is that for sort
0: of an organisation that has many employees? Do you just get everyone? To use LastPass as, a, as as part of their process, or is it a enterprise that buys the software and?
1: No nah, look, it's a, it's a more on a personal level. Yeah. For us, for document management, password management, we use a special tool for the IT sector, which obviously records all that data, um, and it's, it's quite secure. But for for businesses, you know, you're not going to have many logins, so LastPass is is more than sufficient for most businesses and and for personal use as well. So.
0: And what are the most common mistakes you see that exposes businesses to cybercrime?
1: Look, we're doing a lot of dark web monitoring stuff at the moment where. Passwords are breached, they get published on the dark web and we've got tools where we can actually just go through and scan the dark web and pick up where, you know, you might have put in your credentials to HP or Canva or Microsoft or something and it will give us a report. But we're taking it to the next level now where we can actually do dummy phishing emails and send them out. to. Does he go the other way now? You're phishing the… So we're phishing internal employees now. So we actually send out dummy phishing emails to employees and see what they actually do. So is Johnny in, you know, HR? Is he going to click on this link? Is he going to oh. is he going to put his Microsoft credentials into this dodgy email? And then we get that report back and we feed that back into the leadership team and, and it's a little bit more proactive. So we know who are going to be the culprits if we do actually have an attack. And then we provide some education around that.
0: I think that's great. That's that's a great service because you sort of – so I thought when you meant fishing, I thought you were fishing the dark web no, back to no. the – No, But you actually – So there's two parts to yeah. it.
1: So there's two parts. So the first part obviously is identifying if anyone's – put their email out onto the, like, that's been hacked and, web, yeah. and it's on the dark web. But the second part is obviously, you know, preventing that from happening by sending out, you know, dummy emails to internal staff and seeing how they're going to respond ah. to it. So, yeah, it's quite sophisticated. I think what, what
0: do you find uh, of the ones that you've done, what percentage of employees is it? 10% that get you'd be, caught You'd out? be
1: surprised. You'd uh, be surprised. Well, um, what did you? what, what do you, you do mean? a test on your case. We should do a test.
0: Um, I, I reckon all the partners yeah. will fail.
1: <laughs> so, look, it's it's sort of, you know, 60, 40, I think. Oh, moment. wow, that yeah. high. Yeah, it is, yeah. Because yeah. most people just, yeah, they think that they're doing the right thing. You need to change your password or, you know, oh, the, you know the, the bank's asking for something or the ATO, you know, your group certificate or, or something that you need to get from the ATO or, you know, the one good one is like MyGov. You know, there was one just a couple of weeks ago where MyGov, you know, there was a a scam where they were requesting MyGov sort of passwords and stuff. So it's good to just be in front of it, at least so you know how to deal with it.
0: You mentioned cost. So I wanted to talk about cost. So your services is sort of saying about average $1,000 a month, but that's sort of for the service. In terms of a new business that's, Got to you know buy a computer, buy a laptop, buy a modem. What basic technology cost are you looking for in terms of the technology?
1: No worries. Look, for us, we help a lot of startups, and if it's a one man band, you know, in the financial services, a mortgage broker, or you know, financial planner or something, if you could, you could probably get away with it for under ten thousand dollars a year. And that covers all your security, you know, your Office 365 subscription, your, you know, your your backup and prevention, and some auditing, some you know support, and maybe a computer. Most businesses, you know, up to ten staff should consciously be setting their budgets for technology around a twenty to fifty thousand dollar mark, okay. and that will get them quite a lot. $50,000 is a lot of money for a business. You know, that's that should sort of cover anyone up to the, let's say, 15 users. Yeah, um, fantastic. And it really depends on what kind of technology. But, you know, like, it, yeah, you could really get away with a lot sort of under that, in yeah. that budget.
0: My last question is about the cloud. So we talked about security and, and, and I've got some clients that were very hesitant just around the whole cloud piece. Mm. And, you know, we, we moved a lot of clients from, you know, desktops, my software and QuickBooks and whatnot and mm-hmm. over the years to Xero where the data's in the cloud and and I think nearly everything's in the cloud these
1: days. Everything.
0: How does security and cloud and all that work?
1: Look, I think a lot of these vendors are doing their best to try and stay ahead of obviously the security part of it. Being in the cloud, it's, it's, it's always going to be a hard thing to control but everything's moving to cloud so you just need to make sure that these guys have got a healthy strategy they're transparent you know they've got well documented processes they've got that strong complex password requirements they've got two-factor authentication they've got security questions and they've got good infrastructure sort of behind them so most vendors You can do research on and you can speak to them and they can advise you on what are these processes and how are they protecting your data. It's one thing we can't get away from but it's important that we sort of are conscious about who we're partnering with as well because, you know, you might go on to the internet and put your personal details out to 20 different platforms a year but you don't know if that stuff's safe. But I can tell you how to check if it's been breached. So wow. there's a platform you can check to see if, you, if your email addresses are been breached on the internet.
0: Christopher and Greg, thank you so much you for having be. us um, on the show today. We <laughs> learn a lot about cybercrime, cyber security. So thank you for sharing your knowledge with us.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you. Awesome.
0: This is The Bottom Line, a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. This podcast was produced by accountancy firm Alexander Spencer. At Alexander Spencer, we've been helping business owners realise their goals since 1952. And we play a pivotal role in developing, implementing and supervising the business goals and strategies of our clients. To find out how we can help your business succeed, head to our website, alexanderspencer.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of The Bottom Line, Be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find the show. I'm Savan Tuna and we'll be back next episode with more tips to help you transform your business. And that's the bottom line.